Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. Good morning. Oh man, what a morning so far, yeah? You guys doing well? I noticed some of you are a little more pink in your skin. Maybe you were out in the sun yesterday. Oh, it's good to have the sun back. It just feels like a long time, huh? Hey guys, so good to have you uh, here this morning. Again, if you're a guest, we're so glad to have you uh, a part of the gathering here with us. Are you guys alive this morning? Okay, good. Good. Hey, um, if you were here last week, um, you, you heard about and, and you were invited to participate in a, a project that we've partnered with at Vine Life. Um, it's a Mother's Day project um, that we're partnering with our friends at Burn 24-7, and specifically Sean Foy and the whole Burn 27 crew. They have uh, a crew on, on the ground in northern Iraq around the, the Mosul, uh, uh, the city of Mosul. Uh, there's estimated to be about, um, I don't know, gosh, five million refugees uh, in the area. And, uh, and, and they launched a Mother's Day project uh, to where they wanted to bless these mothers that needed basic supplies, diapers, um, baby formula, and other types of things. And so um, as a leadership, we prayed about how can we be involved in this, and, and we've kind of let you know the last couple of weeks. And so last week, we, kinda, we did our first uh, special offering towards that particular project, and we raised uh, over $3,200 last week, which is awesome. And, uh, and we want to give you another shot today. Um, to do that. Um, I did uh, hear from Sean, Sean Foy. If you guys remember Sean, he's come, he's spoken here and, and brought some music before, and uh, he recorded just a little video on his raid at Iraq uh, this morning. So um, yeah, so take a look at this. Hello friends at Vine Life. Love you guys so much. Sean Foy, I'm here in London on a very quick layover. I'm flying into Iraq uh, probably as you're going to be having your service on Sunday morning. And uh, we are doing a massive distribution uh, this week when I'm there to reach the refugees that are fleeing Mosul. Uh, they don't have basic necessities. Many of them are dying because they don't have food and water. It is a crazy situation. And we just appreciate you guys getting behind us as we launch this campaign to bless these people in this situation. Love you guys so much. I'll send you another video update from the city of Mosul. We love you guys. Thank you for joining with us as we watch the gospel spread across the Middle East. Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of things. Uh, you're probably like me in the sense of like during the week, you get bombarded with a lot of causes. There's a lot of amazing things happening all around the world. This is one shot for us to be a part of just, just, a, just a, an intense part of the world. And actually, like he said, uh, sending the gospel, the good news, both in word and in deed, uh, to these mothers who need to know that there's hope, that there's a God who loves them. And uh, so we want to invite you to give. Please participate. And, and the way you can do that, the ushers are going to send around some, some buckets again. And, uh, and we're going to put, put a, t- a text message uh, thing on the screen. We know a lot of you don't carry cash or check. And, uh, and some of you have texted to December before. If you haven't, Please do this. All you have to do, kind of like in the subject field there, just put the amount that you want to give, and then the keyword Iraq, I-R-A-Q, 
And uh, that you'll, you'll receive a text message back to follow a link out where you can complete that transaction. As well, you can go to vinelife.com and select Iraq from like the designated funds list when you go to give as you normally would. Um, please give. Please give. All right? Ask the Lord right now that, that he would show you how much you're supposed to contribute. And, um, and yeah, let's just rejoice uh, as we come together as a church to bless our brothers and sisters on the other side of the world. So God, we thank you as these buckets pass around, as people log in on their phones right now. Uh, we thank you, Lord Jesus, to take the resources you've entrusted to us and you would take them beyond us, Lord God, to do more with them than we could do on our own. God, we thank you to multiply what goes out, Lord Jesus, for the purpose, Lord God, that, that more and more people would know your love and your goodness all around this world, Jesus. We thank you, God, for our friends in Burn 24-7 and what Sean and the team are doing. We bless them now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so buckets are going to pass. We're going to start talking. So I've got 20 minutes. And I really have two messages. <laughs> so I promise you'll be out of here by 3 o'clock, okay? Can we make a deal? I promise you. Um, yeah, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the fact that you're moving, God. We thank you. We can see you. We can feel it this morning. We see that you're on the move, God. Worship on the rocks. You're, you're on the move, God. Our kainos, what's happening in the student ministry, you're on the move. What's happening in Iraq, you're on the move. Your kingdom is bearing fruit all over the world. And we thank you, Jesus. Aren't you guys thankful for good news this morning? Wow, didn't know where that was coming from. Woo! <laughs> just, uh, all right, let's just move on. Um, <laughs> hey, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. We're just gonna, we're gonna blaze through this, and it's gonna be good. Um, man, it, it's been cool over the last several weeks, if you've been with us, We've kind of been hopping around to some different types of experiences. Uh, James Maloney was here a couple weeks ago. Uh, Dr. James Maloney, he, did, he brought a healing conference and, and imparted faith into this community as he prayed for us, as he prayed for people in this community for healing. It's amazing hearing the testimonies. And then he, he even left us with this prophetic word on uh, a couple Sundays ago that this would be a house of God's glory, a house not... Not, not built on our own reputation, but built on God's reputation. That's a good word right there. Yeah. And last week, I wasn't here, but man, heard it was just a fantastic morning of worshiping the word. We just opened up the mic a little bit, got a little wild, but that's no surprise to you, because that's why you're a part of the Vine Life community. And, uh, and so, you know, it's just the word went out, and it was just amazing time. Seeds of the kingdom are, are, are being planted. I want to read this parable, take us to this parable for this morning. And I have an unusually specific application for this this morning um, as we talk about this parable and what we're called into. And so uh, I'll just uh, explain it as we go. So Matthew 13, verse 1, says this. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. 
Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. So other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has has ears, let them hear. And so then the disciples, after he tells this parable, they say something to the degree of, that's great, Jesus, but we don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Which is pretty common. (laughs) So Jesus, you know, moved down a few verses. Verse 18, he says, okay, let me tell you what I just said. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last for only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes... Because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160, 30 times what was sown. And so this, this parable, as Jesus launches into this, this parable does a couple things for us. It's really a parable about awareness. And so as he's describing what the kingdom is like, what the Father's doing, there's a couple things we're learning and invited into in this particular story. We get this picture that, that God the Father is this farmer with, with a wealth of seed. And unsparingly, he's casting it into his field, right? So we learn this about the Father. There's a lot of seed he's sowing. And so Jesus then begins to obviously describe different types of soil that receive the seed. And we learn very quickly that only about three out of four seeds, if we want to go percentages, the 75% of seeds don't bear fruit. Only 25%, only some of the seed that the, that the, far, that the farmer is sowing actually bears fruit, which is, we learn a couple things from this particular story and one of them is that there's a re- the reality is the kingdom of God is being sown all around us. That the Father in his satchel has seeds of the kingdom, the message of the kingdom of God that he's sowing ar- around us. It's showing up in spectacular ways. It's showing up in mundane places. And for those who are able to see it and perceive it, we're able to receive it into our hearts. It has the potential to bear fruit. But as Jesus describes these soils and these different kinds of soils, what that should do for the listener, what that should do for us, is cause a certain kind of questioning, a certain kind of awareness, a certain kind of healthy self-evaluation, saying, God, what type of soil have I cultivated in my life? 
What type of soil have I cultivated in my heart, even if I'm able to perceive what you're doing and the seeds that are going, is the cultivation of my heart enough to nurture and sustain and to grow up these seeds into the beautiful fruit you've intended me to bear? And so Jesus brings this parable because it's important for his listeners, it's important for his disciples, it's important for the crowd to know that, yeah, the kingdom of God is everywhere. It's being sown in amazing places. But not all of that seed bears fruit. It really, it really demands a response from those who receive the seed. And this is really important because, because when we read the scripture over and over again in different parts, it there's invitations for us to, to self-evaluate and then to guard what God has given to us. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. 2 Timothy 1.14 says this. Paul's writing to his spiritual son, Timothy. He says, Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And, and so what, is, what are the seeds of the kingdom? So in an individual sense, the seeds of the kingdom come to us through Scripture, through prayer, whispers of the Holy Spirit. When God, when God shows up in our life, when we begin to notice things, we begin to notice these invitations, they're seeds of the kingdom in our lives. And then they, basically, as God sows seeds of the kingdom into our lives, we get to decide what to do with it. Am I going to receive this? Am I going to nurture? Or am I going to plant it? Where's something else going to happen, right? Corporately, though, we also have the same opportunity. So God plants seeds of the kingdom as a community. So here as a community, as Vine Life Church, we are a tribe. We are kind of a local fellowship of believers covenanted to each other. So we're going to follow Jesus together, on mission together. And so what happens is God brings words. He brings seeds of the kingdom, sometimes through prophetic words, through, through guests that come in the house, sometimes through, you know, raising up through the house. God releases things. God releases his word to us. And we have a chance to receive those seeds and to say, God, would you, um, would you plant that inside my heart? But we read in this particular passage that there's other things that can happen with those seeds. And you might be familiar with this, how this feels. Have you ever received a scripture or a word from God and, and it, it, it kind of just got put on the shelf? You, you, you got distracted. You got, uh, you got taken away out of your awareness of what God said, and you moved on to the next thing. Some of the seeds, like we read here, some of them, they take root, but because of the concerns of this world, and even the deceitfulness of wealth and lifestyle and all these things, we, we totally just get distracted. And here's what I believe. This is important for us to know. The enemy cannot keep the, 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 enemy cannot keep the, farther, the father from sowing seeds into our life, but oftentimes where he'll spend his energy is keeping us distracted from, from nurturing those very same seeds. He can't, keep, he can't keep the kingdom from moving, but he can keep us distracted and busy and concerned with things that help us to not be mindful of all that God is up to in our lives. And so this is why it's important we read these scriptures when Paul says to Timothy, you know, guard the deposit, guard the good deposit that was entrusted into you. Do you know that there's deposits in your life 
God deposits the seeds of the kingdom into your life. It says, guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And, and all of this, again, Paul writes again in 2 Corinthians, says, we are not unaware of the enemy's schemes. I think this is important for us to know because while the enemy is a defeated adversary, Jesus defeated him, conquered him on the cross, we also know that we are not unaware that he is trying still to distract us from living in the fullness of all that God has, has accomplished for us on our behalf. So the enemy would like nothing more than for us to, 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 to not bear fruit, to, take, to, 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 to be interested in the seeds of the kingdom, but to move on to other things. For instance, what was the last thing that God spoke to your heart? What have you done with it, right? Isn't it easy, isn't it easy to just to move on? We do this with sermons. We do this with conferences. We hear something. Oh, that was great. And then we just kind of, what's next, right? But I think I, I, what, I, what I believe, I, I want to impart, what I want to exhort us today as a community, there's, there's, there's a potential here. There's possibilities here as we become, become people who are self-aware of the condition of how we receive the word of God and what we do and what we do to hold it and to, to live in it, to walk in it, to actually allow it to bear fruit, to believe it, to consummate it in every, particular, in every possible way. I believe that this is important for us as a community of faith to bear the type of fruit that God has promised to us. Okay? Now, why is this important right now? Um, we are in a, a really interesting season of the year. Uh, that we are about to hit what we love to call summer. Do you guys love summer? Isn't summer the best? We love summer, but in church world, we, have, we affectionately call May through August the vacuum. Because something happens, right? In the next few months, something happens. There's a potential for something to happen. Uh, we are blessed, obviously, in our culture that our school year runs September through May, and we have this pocket of time where things seem to open up a little bit. We've got a little more margin, all of our vacation days are stocked up, we're loaded up, we're ready to go. But um, I, I, I believe, though, what happens sometimes when we're not aware of it, when we hit these summer months, when we hit this pocket of the year, um, oftentimes as we begin to take advantage of the margin and take advantage of opportunities to rest and to vacation, it also has the potential um, for the enemy to come in and distract us from the kingdom momentum he's building in our lives and to actually take us off course from any mindfulness of where God is at work. And we become distracted and we become busy and we, become, we begin to take the purposes of God and put it into the periphery when it should always be at the center. And so we're entering into this time that I love um, because we get to take some vacations, we get to take some time off. And uh, let me be clear here, I think this is good, okay? But we have to actually look at what is God's perspective of rest versus the world's perspective of rest. This is really important. What is God's perspective? What is a kingdom perspective on vacation and the world's perspective on vacation? And there's are two different things. And we don't talk about this this much because sometimes we just, as church leaders, I know in the past I've always said, oh, this is just cultural. Everyone just disperses over the summer and just whatever. But no, this is really important because this has to do with us being people who bear fruit in every season. In every season, right? So we have to actually remind ourselves, what is God's intention for our rest? What does God think about rest? You know what God thinks about rest? He's a huge fan of it. Huge. Huge fan of rest. He commanded it. Even before the fall, he's like, you're going to rest. Rest is God's idea 
You know that? He, he has wired us, even literally, like every seven days, once every seven days, every seventh day, he's wired. He said, I want you to take a day and actually like receive the grace and the goodness that I want to give to you. I want you to take a day and on that day, your worth is not defined by what your performance is or how well you did. Your worth is defined by what I say about you. And so he's created us in, in, in a way um, that we need rhythms of rest. We need vacation. We need time to commune with the Father. Do you guys believe that here this morning? This is really important for us that we get rest. But there's two kind of pitfalls when it comes to rest that we, we typically find. Um, either we totally avoid it. I mean, how many of you guys are prone to just not, just, just overworking and just not resting? Just be honest. It's okay right? And so sometimes that's where we're at. Then even in that, the enemy can rob us of seeds of the kingdom because we're so consumed with what we're doing that we forget the work that he's doing inside of us. And that's what Sabbath, this is a rest that God invites us into to become aware of who he is. But I think there's also, there's also, a, there's also another peril. There's a, there's a pendulum swing to the other side. Some of us avoid rest totally, but way on the other side, some of us love vacation so much that we're not only vacationing from work, we start vacationing for, from the purposes of God in our life. We start vacationing from the mission of God. And I, I, don't, I don't say this in condemnation. I'm just saying this is the potential to happen for us if we don't actually look at it, Okay. We, we, we sometimes in our culture, in this season of, of going and coming and, and, and traveling and flying and camping this whole time, it has the potential um, for us to, to not be mindful that rest was God's idea to invite us into connection with him. But as we go and as we come, we actually become pulled away and disengaged and disconnected from the story of God, the mission of God, following Jesus in every season. Do you know that, uh, that, that there is no such thing that we never vacation from the purposes of God in our life? That is not something we do. Every, every opportunity we have to rest is God's idea for us to come closer into communion with him, not further, into, not further out of communion with him, okay? So here's, here's, here's why this matters. God's design is, is for rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. That's good news for us. Psalm 23, there's a promise that he leads me into green pastures besides quiet waters. He restores my soul. Hebrews 4 says, says there's still a rest. There's still a rest that's available to us in Jesus. Don't fail to enter into the rest of God. But what happens is I think the world's view of rest is I'm going to disconnect from my life to go get something I feel like I need, where God's version of rest is come away to reconnect with true life so you can get what you need. Okay? So the world sees vacation as an escape to go get something, and God sees rest as an entrance into a new kind of life. The world sees it as, I have got to disconnect from everything I know, everything I, I think about. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit on this beach. I'm not even going to talk about work. I'm not even going to talk about church. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go sit over here and drink my Corona and do whatever I need to do, right? Come on, be real with me, all right? And God, God says, no, I have a rest prepared for you, but your rest isn't to disconnect from your life, but I want to give you a new vision for your life. 
I want to give you a new vision for what true life looks like. I want to renew for you with the purposes of God in your life so that when you come back from vacation, you're not perpetuating passivity, but when you come back from vacation, you're ready to engage and hit the ground in the mission of God again. Because, come on, we see this, don't we? What happens is we have a potential in this next season um, when, we, when we hop from vacation to vacation, from weekend to weekend. Come on, this is the time of year when people who move to Colorado remember why they moved to Colorado, Right? Like, there's a reason I'm from Indiana and I live here, all right? And this is the time of year that I remind myself of that, right? This is where it's like, Jesus, you're good. You love me so much. You've delivered me from the pit. Let's just worship. Let's just do this. And so this is, it's a time where we're doing that. But what happens is, when we think that vacation and rest is to get away from things versus to enter into a new clarity of what God has for us, then when we re-engage, sometimes it breeds more passivity. And so what happens, we become less and less connected to the life of the church. We become less connected to the relationships that nurture us. We come, the fabric of what holds us together in covenant and community begins to wear because we think that somehow getting away from things is what renews us. No, that's not what renews us. Sometimes, yes, we disconnect from our phones and we get to the places where we can see God in a whole new way, but the entire purpose is to be refilled with vision so that when we come back into our lives, we can engage with a new passion, a new fervor, a new intentionality, a new mission to know that God is not done with me. God is just ramping me up and he's gifted me with rest so that I can work not from a place of performance, but from a place of sonship, a place of being loved. And as I am loved in my vacation, as I'm loved in my rest, I can now love the world from that place, from a whole new vantage point. Do you guys get the heart here? And so there's sometimes there's, yeah, there's that good news and there's that bad news that we believe. I think sometimes the bad news is like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta get away. Or if I don't have this blowout summer, I'm gonna be disappointed or I'm gonna disappoint someone in my family or I'm gonna not live up to my friend's expectations, right? But sometimes what that does is it, it breeds in us, uh, it, it breeds in us this dualistic thinking that God, uh, that, that I have to get away from something to experience God. No, no, no. Again, he ordains your rest to find him again, okay? But the good news here today is that we get to rest. He invites us not only into a lifestyle rest, but into pockets of time, vacation, rest, whatever you want to call it, to reconnect with his life, to reconnect with the form of worship called fun, right? You know, that's worship when you have fun. But when we know that God is just as present as we're going, that God is inviting us into his rest, and it changes the way we relate even as we go. So when you're camping this summer, as I will be, when you're camping, you get to wake up every morning and say, God, remind me of your promises. You're not disconnecting from everything happening down here. Say, God, remind me of your vision for my life the seeds that you've planted. Let this space open up for you to pour in again and make me new. Do you guys see what I'm saying? And you're interacting with people. You're still on mission. You still get to love them as Jesus would love them. You don't take a break from compassion. You don't take a break from from praying for the sick or for caring about people and what's happening in their life. You're invited to cooperate with God even in your rest to do what he's doing.
Do you guys see what I'm saying? Even in the airport. But I'm on vacation. Don't mess up. No, no, you know, none of that stuff on vacation. No, no, no. Even on vacation, even in our times of rest, because what that will do is, is we see God just as present in our coming and our going. That means that you can go and enjoy the presence of God and the freedom to just be a child, but then when you get back, you get to hit the ground running again and engage just as much as you were before. Do you see what I'm saying? What I'm, what I'm encouraging, what I'm exhorting you to this morning, what I'm calling us up to this morning is as God is faithful to plant seeds of his kingdom in our lives, let us not be robbed. Let us be on guard from being distracted by this and that and the other. But remember that rest is God's design. And so go rest in God's design. But then come and and hit the ground running in God's design too. Don't get taken out this summer. Don't get disconnected. Don't get busy. Guard your heart against that. Because I believe that as we do, as we refuse to become distracted from the purposes of God, he promises to continue with the help of the Holy Spirit to grow us up into everything he's called us to be. Yeah? I know this is very specific, but we're in a window of time here. And people don't talk about this enough. People don't talk about this enough. The beauty of our culture, the beauty of summer, the beauty of Colorado is a chance for you to live intentionally, not to disengage. God is on the move. God is active. Hey, let's do this. I, w- I want us to stand. I want to read for you a psalm. that I've, I've grown to love reading on, on my Sabbaths. I, I try to take a Sabbath every Saturday with my family. And this is a day where with everything, every victory of the week and every disappointment of the week, I get to say, God, I thank you that I don't make the world spin. God, I thank you that today is a day I get to catch your vision for my life and be filled up again. Psalm 92 is, is, a song, is a psalm for the Sabbath. Can you just close your eyes across the room? I want to read this over you and invite you into the rest of God. But a rest that engages you. A rest that gives you new vision for what he's called you to. A rest that will fill you up for whatever you do as you go out of this place, for whatever is coming this week, you're, you're filled with a new invigoration for the kingdom of God to break through in your work and in your family and in your neighborhood and all these places. You guys hear me this morning? I want to read, I want to read this. Psalm 92. This is a song for the Sabbath. Feel free to use this. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. To the music of the lute and the harp and the melody of the lyre, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord. Your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man cannot know. The fool cannot understand this. That though the wicked sprout like grass and all the evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. perish. All evildoers shall be scattered. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. You have poured over me fresh oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. 
My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. This is it right here. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. So the righteous is you and I. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. So Father, I thank you, Jesus, as we seek to enter into your rest, as become a people to enter into you. rest that comes from the Lord of the Sabbath. I thank you, Father, that's something you've given to us. And I thank you, God, for the season that we're in and for the times where we get to come and go. I do thank you for the coming and going of those in this body. But I pray, Lord God, that you would keep us on guard. The seeds of the kingdom that have been sown into our hearts over the, over the last weeks and the last months, the things that you have been breaking in and showing us in every way, I thank you to keep us on guard from the intentions of the evil one to snatch away what was planted. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for arising, arising of awareness to know that you are present and at work in our lives, God, and we are, being, we are being assisted by the Holy Spirit to guard the deposit you've entrusted to us. So I bless each one of us to not be distracted from your work in our life, but to lean into and enter into, even in our rest, the work that you're doing in our lives. Bless us, Lord Jesus, to be a people who know why we were made and know what you've called us to. And it's in, your, it's in Jesus' name we pray this morning. Everyone said, amen. 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 Yeah.